Break Day 4 Talk Radio. You know who else has got to feel it's a great day? I would suspect it's folks who have been working for Uber or through Uber, by Uber. Uh, it seems now that there could be a sea change happening as a result of a class action lawsuit that's been certified in the Ontario Superior Court of Justice. Lior Samfiru, our friend who's the employment lawyer and partner at Samfiru Tamarkin LLP. You hear him Mondays and Wednesdays just after the 7 o'clock news here on Global, Global News Radio as host of the Employment Hour was the uh, person who spearheaded this $400 million class action lawsuit that's considered landmark insofar as misclassification of these Uber employees, and I use that term advisedly, is concerned. Let's find out exactly how this is playing out. Lior Samfiro has joined us on the line here on The Oakley Show. Lior, good afternoon. Welcome aboard. Always a pleasure, Johnny. So tell me about uh, your argument presented here uh, to get this classified as a class action lawsuit uh, based on the premise of misclassification. Tell us what happened there. So certainly our position since day one has been that Uber exerts enough control or, or so much control over its drivers in so many aspects that they really can't escape the conclusion that these individuals are employees. You can try to call them something else. You can try to pay them as something else. But the law is the law, and these guys are employees. And this matter has progressed through the courts. We had to fight an initial battle about whether or not we're even allowed to be in Ontario or whether this has to be adjudicated in the Netherlands. We were successful on that. And most recently, the court uh, heard whether or not, in fact, this should be properly certified as a class action. In other words, are there enough issues here that are common amongst the drivers? And does it appear that there is a proper arguable case that these drivers are, in fact, employees? Well, as of uh, yesterday afternoon, the court has sided with us, has certified this as a class action, and in so doing, it's the first certified class action in the gig economy here in Canada. Uh, so I think it's a, it's a very important decision. It's, a, I think, an indication that there's going to be a, a change in the sea, so to speak, and we'll be uh, very interested to see moving forward uh, how this uh, continues to progress. All right, which is why it's a landmark ruling. So when you cited that rather than being heard 6,000 miles away in the Netherlands, uh, which I guess is where Uber is based as a, a corporation, uh, the Supreme Court of Canada actually ruled it must be heard in Ontario. So that was win number one. How many drivers uh, for Uber were affected here? So uh, close to 400,000, right around 370,000 drivers in Ontario, or as we call them, users of the Uber app. Uh, some are, are drivers, some are delivery people, but it's a, a huge number of people. And by the way, that number is still growing as more and more people take to using Uber as a means of earning income. So it's a very large number. How'd you arrive at $400 million in the class action? It's, it's a nice number, don't you think? Well, <laughs> the reality is that it is, all joking aside, it is very difficult to assess damages at this point. It's, honestly, at this point, it's just a number. At some point, if we're successful, there's going to be a proper assessment of damages and you know how damages are calculated based on how long someone has worked for Uber, etc. So it really is too premature to say whether 400 is the right number or it should be a different number. Uh, it's certainly going to be a sizable amount, simply given the sheer number of people that are affected. Again, with Lior Samfiru, employment lawyer, partner at Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, host of the Employment Hour, and you hear him Mondays and Wednesday evenings after 7. 
here on Global News Radio. You know, I'm kind of curious because uh, the misclassification of these Uber app users as employees, uh, it was said, I guess, in defense of Uber that they were really independent contractors. The implications for that whole category being misclassified, independent contractor is actually an employee. Uh, how is that determined? So there's a number of ways that, uh, or a number of issues that go into that analysis. Probably one of the biggest one is control. Who controls them? Do they uh, decide what they do, how they drive, who they provide services to, how much they charge, or does Uber decide that for them? An independent contractor, by definition, is someone that has a lot of control. So with respect to Uber drivers, short of deciding whether they're going to work today or not, they don't have any control. There are very stringent rules. Uber has pages and pages and pages of policies that drivers must, must follow and rules and penalties if, if, if policies are not followed. And that just doesn't look like an independent contractor. John, you, you, you uh, talk often about the, uh, the, the Jiffy app. So well, let me give you an example. If I call a plumber to my house because I have a leaky faucet, well, that plumber is an independent contractor. I don't provide the rules, the tools. I don't tell him how to fix my problem. He comes in, he fixes the problem, he charges me, and he goes on to his next customer. That's what an independent contractor looks like. Keeping that in mind, that certainly does not sound like how the Uber drivers are treated, and that's why we say that they're employees. So this case then, uh, as it proceeds in Ontario, uh what would the outcome be if it was a satisfactory outcome for you and all of the Uber app users uh, as employees? I guess they'd be designated such uh, as employees. What would that uh, give them by way of entitlements or anything else? So they would be entitled to the entire uh, host of rights that employees have, anywhere from minimum wage to vacation pay and overtime, termination and severance pay, statutory holiday pay, all those would be rightfully theirs going back potentially to 2012. So that's significant entitlements, certainly for those that have been doing this for a while. The other option that Uber would have, of course, is to change its model so that it actually provides less control, that it does let people be their own bosses, which right now it's refusing to do. So it's going to have to pick one of those options or the other, either treat individuals as employees pay them as employees, or treat them as independent contractors and proceed that way. They're trying to treat people as independent contractors, but uh, uh, treat people as employees, but call them independent contractors. That's something simply they cannot do. Lior, has this been challenged in any other precinct? So it has been uh, uh, decided or adjudicated in other jurisdictions in the U.S. and in Europe, and so far, the drivers have been successful. It's at various stages of appeal. As you know, the wheels of justice in these cases don't move at a, a great speed. But yes, there have been findings in other jurisdictions that these drivers are, in fact, employees. And I would hope that in Canada, where we value employee rights, we would uh, reach the same conclusion. It'd be interesting to see if this would be used by way of precedent, but uh, I don't know. So how long then, as you say, the wheels of justice do tend to grind rather slowly? How long before this would be satisfactorily resolved, do you think? 
Well, I have a, a 15-year-old daughter, John, and I told her the other day that she will be handling this case one day. Uh, that's how long it may take. The reality is, because with a class action like this, there's a number of steps. You know, so right now we have a certification decision. Uber has the right to appeal that decision. That could take a while. Once that's resolved, if it's still in our favor, then we get to deal with the merits of the case. And that is a, a process that takes several steps with, the, with appeal potential as well. So I, I don't, I'm not going to say how, how long, but it's certainly going to be something that is, we're going to be talking about for, for some time to come. But hopefully at some point uh, we will prevail. It'll be an interesting one, uh, obviously, uh, from the get-go. This is something that, you know, you've, you've really uh, needed to clarify difference between an independent contractor and an employee uh, for a lot of folks who fall into the previous category, the former. Uh, I appreciate your weighing in and giving us a sense for where this is all headed and where it's gone to this point. Lior Samfiru, employment lawyer, partner at Samfiru Tamarkin, LLP, host of the Employment Hour. You hear him Mondays and Wednesdays after 7 right here at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Thanks so much, Lior. Good luck. Thanks, John. You got it.